You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to start this show with a question for you. How do you know that your healing work or your fear release work has worked? Now, I touched on this a few episodes back where I had a listener question asking me, how do I know when I've cleared my fears and I'm ready for getting pregnant? And so I wanted to take this question much, much deeper because I think it's a really important topic for us to get our heads around, especially on a podcast like the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. How do we know when we are fear free? But if we were to take that question much deeper, where would it lead? Well, this is where it leads. You know, when you are clearing your fears, when you're clearing your anxieties, you're doing healing work. And this kind of healing work can be measured, or can it? Well, that's what I want to talk about today, because wouldn't it be great if you could measure it? Wouldn't it be great if you can tell by simply taking a reading whether or not you have healed, whether you've made progress with your healing journey, whether your fear release is doing anything, whether you've actually done the work and it's had an impact? Wouldn't it be great if you could take a reading to tell you categorically whether or not this has actually happened for you? Well, that's what I want to share with you today is a tool that will enable you to do just that. And so I want to share this tool with you because I want you to think about using it so that you can measure your own birth prep, your own healing work or the mental preparation that you're doing as you prepare for pregnancy and birth. Because I think it's really important that we're able to put our effort and our time and our money behind things that are going to deliver the results that we're looking for. And for us to be able to know whether we've achieved the results is we need to be able to measure it in some way. Yes, you can sort of sit with yourself and say, hmm, do I feel anxious now? Do I feel fearful now? And sometimes you might be able to get an answer. But unfortunately, emotions being the way they are, can really cloud our judgment. And maybe you're having a great day or maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe today you're full of hormones and you can't really tell whether or not, you know, you feel better because it's all just feels a little bit chaotic. And so we need to cut through all of that so that we can really have a clear understanding as to whether the effort we're putting into our birth preparation, the healing that we're doing, the work that we're doing around our anxiety and our depression, whether any of that is working you know, maybe you've spent money on therapists, maybe you've invested in courses or whatever it is you've gone on retreats, whatever it is that you've maybe done. um, And maybe you feel maybe it didn't work or maybe you think it worked brilliantly. And so what I want to share with you today is a way for you to measure whether or not any of the activities that you're doing to bring about a change in how you're feeling, whether it's getting rid of your fear and anxiety or helping you to feel calm and more at peace, you know, whatever it might be, then I want to share a tool that's going to enable you to just take a reading and tell you once and for all whether or not the thing you've done or spent money on has worked. And I'm also going to lift the lid on my own pregnancy journey in the context of 
me having taken measurements to see what worked for me and what didn't work for me on my pregnancy journey. Now, for those of you that know my story, you'll know that I had tocophobia and that I healed my tocophobia. So my pregnancy journey was very up and down from an emotional perspective. And so it was very interesting for me to revisit that pregnancy journey through the lens of a tool that enabled me to measure the impact of the things that I did during my pregnancy journey that enabled me to shift from being fearful and not wanting to be pregnant or wanting a C-section with all the drugs to being somebody that was able to park the C-section idea and opt for a home birth and be free of my tocophobia. And so that journey for me was quite a journey that involved a lot of healing. And so the tool that I'm going to be sharing with you today, the way of measuring that, I'm going to be sharing with you what my own readings were on my pregnancy journey. So you can see for yourself how this tool that I'm going to share with you, how that looks in, in the context of a journey that you too might be facing. And this podcast today it includes lots of charts, not lots, there's two actually. And so don't worry, obviously I'm going to be talking it all through, but I'm also going to be sharing a link with you where this podcast is on my website, on the Fear Free Childbirth website, so that you can see the charts that I'm talking about. So you might want to have a laptop or iPad to hand so you can check out some of the things on my website during this episode, but it's not essential. You can listen to this episode and check it all out later. Okay, so back to today's episode then. What I want to do is I want to start by asking you some very important questions. So let me ask you a few questions. Would you like to be able to measure the impact of the inner work that you do? You know, how do you know if you have cleared your fears or cleared your anxiety from within you? How can you tell if your healing work, your activities, the things that you're doing in the pursuit of healing, whether it's going to therapy or some DIY healing or going to a meditation retreat, you know, any activity that you do to bring about an improvement in the way that you feel, how can you tell if any of that stuff has worked? And is it possible to measure any changes to your emotional well-being? Well, these are some of the questions that I'd like to talk about today. And to answer all of those questions, well, if you could measure the impact of your healing pursuits. Wouldn't that be a really good thing? And I'm going to tell you that yes, you can. And that's what I want to dive into today is is sharing with you a way that you can measure very clearly and very categorically whether or not the inner work that you're doing, the fear clearance work that you're doing, the therapy that you're having, whether any of that stuff is working. And the reason why this is important is that then you can tell, you know, once you know what is working for you, you can double down on that. And if you find that something isn't working for you, it's not moving the needle, then you can reassess and say, well, hang on a minute, this isn't actually changing anything for me. So I'm going to stop doing that. Now, of course, a meditation retreat might not move the needle for you, but it might be really enriching in lots of other ways. So I want us to be clear that when we're talking about 
the moving the needle, the uh, impact of your healing work in terms of how you're feeling, we've just got to be really clear that, that that is what we're measuring and to not confuse it with other pastimes or things that we're doing that still make us feel great in the moment, that still provide lots of uh, connection and knowledge and wisdom and uncovering and awareness. All of these things can really help us to feel better and better understand ourselves and that are definitely part of the personal development journey. But it's useful to have an understanding as to, okay, maybe I'm more self-aware now, but now I just know more about how I'm feeling. Now I'm clearer about where my wounds have come from. But that knowledge doesn't necessarily heal you. That knowledge doesn't necessarily make you feel better. Now you're just better informed on your head trash. So this is why I want you to think about, you know, if we are going to measure the impact of something, we need to be really clear about what it is that we're measuring. And so for the purposes of today's episode, the thing that I really want to focus on is measuring the impact on your own consciousness, on how you're feeling, how you're perceiving the world, how you're solving the challenges of the world, how you look out on the world. And so this really does make a huge difference in terms of fear and anxiety. And I want to share with you a story later on to illustrate exactly what I mean by that. But before I share that, I really want to dive into the way that you can measure this so that you can ascertain for yourself whether or not any healing work that you're doing, any therapy that you're pursuing, you know, whatever it is that you are doing to bring about an improvement in how you feel, I want to share with you a tool that you can use to tell you whether or not this stuff's working for you. Now, the thing about the emotional healing journey is that it can feel extremely overwhelming. You know, on the one hand, you could be dealing with intense emotions, lots of tears, Maybe you you can't keep the tears away very far and you always feel like they're maybe bubbling under the surface and you might burst into tears at any moment, you know. And then there's the effort that you might perceive that you need to put into sort of resolving this or feeling better. And and particularly where you might think, well, I, I've tried this and I've tried that and I'm still feeling like I am. And this is, and you might feel like you're running around in circles and any effort that you put in doesn't seem to be paying off in the way that you'd like. And this can feel very demotivating and you can feel stuck in how you're feeling. And this is where I, this is why we might feel stuck in depressive episodes or stuck in our anxiety or stuck in our fear because we don't seem to be able to find anything that can get us out of this hole that we're in, right? And so this is why I think it's really important to be able to answer the question, you know, has this inner work that you've done, has it worked? And where exactly am I on my emotional healing journey? You know, if you were to sort of say that, you know, at one end of the journey, you're in this quagmire of emotional horridness, you know, anxiety, depressive episodes, uh, really poor sleep, lots of stress, and a feeling that you just can't cope with life or that it, you're just feeling overrun by, you know, that's one end of potentially the emotional spectrum. And then, you know, you at the other end, you could be somebody that's thriving, that, that just takes problems and eats them for breakfast and chucks them to the side and just gets up and rah, starts the day again. It's like, bring it on. And you're more in this thriving space where things don't get you down, things don't hold you back. You're just, 
you decide what you're going to do and you do it. There's no sabotage, no procrastination. You're clear, you're confident. You know, these are kind of differing ends of that spectrum. And if you're familiar with my work on the head trash ladder of healing, then I've mapped out this spectrum. And at the one end where where you have the conquer, which the conquer is somebody that has lots of prickles. You know, you might be familiar with the chestnut, the conquer that you find on the forest floor in autumn, where they've, you know, there's a hard chestnut at the core. And this hard chestnut in the context of this uh, emotional stage is, is someone that's protecting a lot of hurt inside that that hard chestnut represents some of those moments of hurt, maybe trauma that haven't been dealt with, that have been put away because they have been too painful to deal with. And the result of that is someone that, that can be quite prickly, that might hurt someone without really intending to. And if you come across a conquer, you might find that they're very bristly, that they, they do say hurtful comments, maybe not intentionally, but they're difficult to be around because they can be quite hurtful and prickly. And so you maybe keep your distance. And as a conqueror as well, someone who's a conqueror might feel that they just pick up all manner of stuff that's going around, whether it's somebody's drama, whether it's every cold that goes around, just like a conqueror might on the forest floor, they'll pick up the dead leaves and the stuff and they'll just be all clogged up with stuff. You know, if you imagine dropping a conqueror down the back of your sofa, you'll pick it up and it'll have all the dust and the hairs that have dropped down, the dog hair and, and you know, a tissue. It'll have all stuff stuck to it. That That's that's very typical of a conquer who might pick up all the dramas that are going around in there, you know, with the people that they know. And they, they their boundaries are very loose and therefore they, they find it difficult to withhold from any dramas that are going on. They get involved, they get sucked into those things very, very easily. So that, that's very much the world of the conquer. Now, the next level on from the conquer on the head trash ladder of healing, and this is if you are a conqueror and you've started to clear your head trash and heal your anxieties and your stresses, your traumas and your fears, you know, you start to lose your conquer form and you start to evolve into the next stage, which is the washing ball. Now, I don't know if you know what a washing ball is, but it's those balls that you put in your washing machine that kind of stop everything getting tangled up and keep it all, um, get rid of the creases and things. And they, they, they look like balls, but with little prickles on them, but softened prickles. And the thing about a washing ball is now they are more aware of their head trash. They're more aware of maybe their negative patterns. And so this means that life can be a little bit more emotional for them because they've got this, you know, maybe you, this is where you, you could experience the bubbling of emotions very readily near the surface for you, where you could feel you could break down in tears at any moment because things are really emerging for you and you're, you have a bit more self-awareness about your own struggles, your emotional struggles and your conflicts and the things that you're wrestling with. And sometimes this can be emotional to deal with as you're repeating these patterns incessantly that you are now aware of and you don't want to do. You know, you might always end up going out with the same type of guy or girl that just isn't good for you and it's quite toxic for you. Or maybe you just keep doing things at work that means you keep getting fired or or you keep getting into debt in the same way. You just spend more than you do. Or maybe your eating is always out of whack. You keep doing comfort heating. You know, you have these patterns of behaviour that are at play. You're aware of them, but there's a lot of frustration there because you can't seem to stop. And so this, this is very much the washing ball. And it, like a washing ball that rotates in the washing machine and just goes round and round and round in a very wet environment, this is what it can feel like to be a washing ball, this kind of emotional, tearful, 
existence, which can be very repetitive as you repeat these unhelpful patterns in your life. Now, if you continue with the healing journey and you let go of your head trash and you do more healing, then you become a bouncy ball. Now, a bouncy ball is a lot more fun, right? It's colourful, it's bouncy, people want to play with bouncy balls. And a lot of people, I think, are at bouncy ball stage. I think that's where a lot of us are. And the thing with a bouncy ball is that they come out to play, so now people want to hang out with you because you are more fun, you're less prickly, you're probably less emotional and taking things seriously as you're trying to like keep yourself together all the time. And that can come across, you know, some of the washing balls when they're sort of constantly keeping themselves, using all their mental energy to keep themselves together and to not let go of this, this emotion that they're desperately trying to keep in. Then that means that they might come across as maybe serious or not wanting to have fun or not very relaxed. But when they're at bouncy ball stage, you know, you feel a lot more relaxed and you can find it, you can go roll with the punches a little bit more because for a start, you know, you might not burst into tears any moment. And that gives you a little bit more confidence. So you're a bit more outgoing, might socialize a little bit more, might be with people a bit more, might feel a little bit more confident in certain environments. And so like the bouncy ball, you come out to play more. But the thing about a bouncy ball is that, you know, one minute it can be really high and the next minute it can just be really low. And so there is this very much this, this um, this oscillation between these high states, these these happy states, and then the low states, and and sometimes it can, this can be quite unpredictable. Just like a bouncy ball, you could be going along enjoying stuff, and then suddenly you, you get triggered by something that catches you completely unaware, and then it really saps you, and then you just you ricochet off at an angle. And so people around you might experience it like that. You know, you might know somebody's a bouncy ball, and everything's going fine, and suddenly someone says something or something happens and then they just sink into like a, it really hits them, they get triggered or they get angry or a reaction comes out. And that's very bouncy ball like. Now, if you're a bouncy ball and you carry on with your healing journey, then the next level is the snooker ball level. And as a snooker ball, you have direction. You know, you think about a snooker ball, when you hold a snooker ball in your hand, it's really, it's got a real satisfying weight to it. It's shiny, it's got a cool feel. You know, it feels good holding a snooker ball. And the thing about snooker balls is they're often going places. They've got places to go. They have a goal and they're going towards it. You think about a snooker ball on the table. It's being aimed in a direction and it goes in that direction. And because of this appearance of being in the pursuit of goals, you look like you've figured stuff out. You've got your life sorted. You've identified something that you want to achieve and you're going towards it. So for those people who may be a washing ball or a bouncy ball, they look at you and think, wow, I would love to be like, that. I've got something to learn from this person because I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to set a goal for myself and then and go off and achieve it like these guys are doing. And so you get drawn to snooker balls because they look like they've got it together. They look like they, they've got some advice. They can support you. They can direct you. They can, they're really, that they're a good person to be around, right? And so snooker balls on the other hand might feel a little bit overwhelmed by this it's inbound energy coming towards them because suddenly they've got all these people coming at them going, Oh, yes, yes, you can help me. Oh, uh, help me with this question. Da, 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 da. And that can feel quite overwhelming suddenly because even though you've kind of figured some stuff out as a snooker ball and you are heading in some good directions and you've got certain things sorted in your life, every now and then you do sink into a pocket of darkness as you get caught up in your own patterns of self-sabotage. And, you know, these really catch you unawares because you kind of think you've made really good progress. And then every now and then you're like, whoa, what's going on? I've suddenly been caught out by something. And it could be this unresolved trauma that you completely forgot about, that you didn't, you weren't really aware of. But suddenly you've been 
triggered, something has happened, you've you've massively sabotaged in a way that really caught you by surprise. And so while you might attract people around you that, that really aspire to be like you, you still have stuff going on that you're wrestling with. You know, you're still definitely on the journey and you haven't you don't feel like you've achieved the end point quite yet, but you're committed and you're making really good progress. So if you are a snooker ball and you continue with your healing journey, then the next stage on your journey is to become a glitter ball. Now, a glitter ball. I love glitter balls. I don't know about you, but glitter balls are fantastic. And you think about a glitter ball and everybody wants to be about around the glitter ball at the party on the dance floor. They are the centre. They're where everybody gets drawn to. They are the source of light. And Everybody gets drawn to them because they, on some level, they think that it's the light. But actually, when you take a closer look at a glitter ball, it's just reflections. And what the glitter ball is truly reflecting is not its own light, but it's helping the people around it to understand their own light, to see their own light. And that's what makes being around a glitter ball so wonderful, is that they are incredibly great at holding, at holding space and having people around them and making those around them feel good. They make really good influencers. They make really good leaders. And they, you know, they're by no means like nailed it on the healing journey because they still have their little chinks. You know, we're not talking about a, a ball bearing of perfection and shininess. We're talking about a glitter ball that's still got little like little chinks in it. It's, you know, some of those little mirrors can fall off at any time. So they still, they're not perfect by any means, but they, they're, they're really in a good place for themselves. And so when somebody's a glitter ball, they feel like they're thriving. They feel like they're succeeding. They feel like they're really um, in a really good place and able to achieve what they set out to do. Yes, they still have more inner work to do, as as we all do. But they could stop there if they wanted to, and they would be happy with their lot. They would be happy, content, and at peace. Now, if you're curious to find out which one of these you are, I've got a quiz on my website where you can do the quiz and find out whether or not you're a conquer, a washing ball, a bouncy ball, a glitter ball, or a snooker ball. And knowing where you are on this journey can really help you. But I want to really take this a little bit further because it's all very well doing a quiz to help you to decide or help you to identify where you are on this journey. But as you are doing your healing work, it is possible to get a little bit more granular with the information that you're getting. And this is what I want to dive into today so that you can understand exactly where you are on your healing journey. Where are you in healing your phobias, healing your anxiety, healing your depression? And can you measure this in a way that tells you that what you're doing is working, that you can double down on it, continue to really invest your time, your money, your effort into what it is that you're doing because you know it's getting you places. Now, the one obvious way that you can do this is to, you know, muster up enough self-awareness to kind of ask yourself, are you behaving differently? Are you thinking differently? And are you feeling different? And so, you know, you can look to your life for some clues. You know, if things are improving, then the chances are your life is improving, life is better, you're feeling better. And so by simply looking around at what's going on and how you're feeling and how you're reacting to situations, you can start to find clues as to whether or not things are shifting for you. But that might not always be the case because, yes, you might feel better one day, but maybe you've just splashed out on something, you've just been to a music festival, you've just had a great week, somebody's just complimented you in a way, you've just had a promotion. And so there are these things that can happen that can make us feel better in the moment and 
similarly, there are things that can happen that can really like sink us and make us feel terrible. Maybe there are some bad news that we've received. Maybe there's a loss that we've just found out about somebody in the family. There are these things that can also bring us down. So these the day-to-day changes that we feel in the emotions that we have can, can cloud this sense of whether or not we're making progress. You know, one good way to know whether you're making pro- progress is to, to see how long does it take for you to recover from some bad news or a situation that is not pleasant or comfortable for you. You know, when you are a, someone who is wrestling with a lot of anxiety, if you get triggered by something or if you get some bad news, that can really bring you down for maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks. Whereas if you're somebody that has done a lot of inner work and a lot of healing and you're feeling generally quite good and you get some bad news, maybe it might only affect you for half a day, for a day, and then the next day you manage to shrug it off and you're, you're on your way again. So this, this kind of bounce back, your bounce back ability, for want of a better word, your resilience is also a really great way to tell how effective or how much change you've brought about in how you're feeling. And this bounce back ability, I think, is crucial because if we could measure this, then wouldn't that be a great thing? And spoiler alert, yes, we can measure it. And that is what I'm going to share with you. Now, wouldn't it be great if you could just grab a measuring device and take a reading, take a reading of your bounciness, for want of a better word. This bounciness is a really great way of thinking about it because, you know, if you think about a bouncy ball, a bouncy ball has got the potential to really, you know, if something happens, yes, it goes down, but it bounces back up quickly. And so this is almost like your resilience. Whereas you think about a conquer, you drop a conquer, and once you drop that conquer, that just lands like a thud and it's got no bounce. And so somebody who is a conquer is going to feel that way. You know, they might get triggered. They might have a, a terrible thing happen to them or get some bad news. And it will really sink them. And they that, 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 that will just bring them down. And it'll be very difficult for them to come back up from that. Whereas the bouncy ball is going to be able to recover a lot more quickly. So that's that bounciness that I want to hint at, really. And so what is this way that we can take a reading? I know you're dying to know, right? So when you have a way of measuring like this, this means that you can start measuring the therapy that you're having, uh, whether or not that meditation retreat really did help you in a profound way, whether or not the um, the healing journal or the journaling that you're doing or the silent retreat that you did, or maybe the juice fasting that you did, you know, all of these things that can really bring about quite profound transformations. Now you can start to measure those activities, measure the things that you've done and see what impact they've had in your bounce, bounciness, for want of a better word. And so the tool behind this that I want to talk to you about is the Map of Consciousness tool. And this is a tool that's been developed by Dr. David Hawkins. Now, since I discovered this tool, I've been getting super, super giddy excited about it. And I can't believe I didn't really discover it sooner than I did. But I'm sure you have too. And you may be seen on Instagram or on Facebook these diagrams where you see there are high frequency emotions and low frequency emotions. This, So this is the work behind this idea of high frequency emotions and, and low frequency emotions. And so the low frequency emotions are things like fear, things like shame, uh, guilt, anger. These are things that really do carry a low vibe. And it's not just me saying low vibe in a kind of woo-woo way. It's, it's because it's possible to measure the frequency of these emotions, and they do actually have a low frequency. Um, similarly, when we talk about people who are high vibe, and we talk about raising our vibration and raising our frequency, what we mean is we're bringing us 
We, we want to get closer to emotions like compassion, love, joy. Th- these are the high frequency emotions. And so all of this, the, the work that kind of informs these ideas is the map of consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins. So I want to talk a little bit about that so you can kind of get a better understanding of it. But only enough, I've got a blog post on this where you can dive out, dive more into this. And also he's written a ton of books and there's loads of stuff on YouTube on this as well. So I don't want to kind of detract from, you know, the, the main guy and he's got, he can put it in much better terms than I can. So this really is just a taste of this really. But this tool that he developed has been verified by, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So it's a really, it's a, it's a solid calibration tool. And what he proposes is that you can document the levels of consciousness of somebody by taking a calibration reading. Now, what I really love about this is, you know, my background's business, and so I love numbers. So the idea of being able to take a reading of somebody, of their level of consciousness or their bounciness is the way that I like to call it, and have a number is really satisfying to me because I like to spend my time doing things that make a difference. And I hate wasting my time on things that don't make a difference, unless I'm just, you know, binging on Netflix, right? That's different. But if I'm putting time and effort and I'm spending money on personal development, I want to know that I'm going to get some bang for my buck. So this is why I think this is important to use something that can measure the impact that you're having with your self-healing work, with your therapy, with whatever it is that you want to do. And I believe that the map of consciousness is the way to do that. In his map of consciousness, Dr. Hawkins claims to have outlined the entire spectrum of human experience. And he believes that it can help us to align ourselves for our greatest happiness and ultimate freedom. Now, that's what I'm trying to help people with too. You know, I want you to be free of your fear. I want you to be free of the anxiety and the things that are holding you back. And I want you to be happy and content to be able to pursue the life that you want, have the family that you want, if that's what you want, you know, to to pursue those things. And that's what freedom is, the freedom to pursue what it is that you want without your fears and anxieties holding you back. So I was super excited to find that, you know, my head trash ladder of healing that I've developed aligns brilliantly with his map of consciousness tool. And so I've kind of glued the two together to help me with the healing work that I'm doing. And this is what I'm using with my clients. So I just want to talk you through that because this is something that we can all use ourselves. And I'm now using this with my clients. I'm using it in the healing groups that I'm running, my clearance groups that I'm running, all of the people that are in the group work that I'm doing or the one-to-one work that I'm doing. We're all measuring the impact of the clearance work that we're doing. And that can be incredibly motivating to see the difference that you're making. But also when you see how the number, the reading that you're getting and how it correlates to how you're feeling. You know, one thing that I find when I'm sharing um, an updated reading with a client is I say, oh, you're now at this level. And they're like, oh my God, that totally does resonate. That's exactly how I'm seeing things now. That's exactly where I, how I feel about the situation I'm in. That's in, that's nuts. They, they get really kind of surprised by it, by the, the accuracy of it, you know, for want of a better word. It really does reflect and it resonates with them in terms of how they're feeling. Now they've done so much healing work or clearance work, they're noticing that shift themselves. But to have that validated also by this number that also correlates to a scale is something that really does, I think, make a big difference to the emotional healing journey that we could all be on. 
So the question you're now asking me, and rightly so, is, well, how do I measure this now, Lex? You told me about this number. You said that it, you know, it can tell me where I am on my healing journey. But how can I do that, me at home? So let me tell, share that with you. The technique that Dr. David Hawkins recommends is kinesiology. And kinesiology is muscle testing and is used by kinesiology practitioners and is a well-established field of work and um, a way of testing whether or not something strengthens your body or weakens your body. I've been using kinesiology for ages and I first came across it about 15 years ago and it completely blew my mind. And I've been using it throughout the years to test whether food in my fridge has gone off and it's safe to feed the family, uh, decide which beauty products are going to be good for me or whether they're going to irritate my skin. And I've also been using it in all my healing work. So for example, if I need to, you know, when I was struggling with a fear of pain when I was pregnant and I would test, does pain, does that weaken me? Does the thought of pain weaken me? If I got a response that it did, then yes, I knew that needed healing within me. Similarly, so any head trash or any fear or anxiety that you're facing, you can use kinesiology to identify whether or not this is something that weakens you, whether it needs healing within you. So if I've identified that I need to heal something, so for example, I get super triggered by wasting time, for example, um, then that's something I need to heal within myself. And I'll get a weak response when I test for that. But then once I've done the clearance on wasting time and then it's opposite, then I can test it again and see if that has healed within me. And if I now get a strong response, then I know that that's not going to weaken me, that the idea of wasting time is no longer going to trigger me, it's no longer getting me feeling anxious. And so this is how I've been using it on my own healing journey. But Dr. David Hawkins says that we can also look at it in another way. Instead of whether something weakens me or strengthens me or needs healing or doesn't need healing, we can also use it to ascertain truth and falsehood. So this is kind of very interesting in terms of where this can take you. But specifically around using this tool, it does mean that you can now ask it to confirm to you where, whether or not you are this number on the chart. And the numbers go from naught to a thousand. And so you can therefore test whether or not you're getting a truth response or a false response to any number on that scale. And that is how you're able to ascertain your level of consciousness, or how I like to call it, your bouncy level, your bounciness. And this is the number that I have been using to measure, to track the healing work that I'm doing on myself and on my clients. And having this additional dimension, this additional piece of information can really help you on your healing journey, because then you can double down on the things that are working for you but also by gaining more understanding as to the level of consciousness that you're at, it can provide you with more inspiration and insight as to how to deal with the level that you're at, how best to make the most of that, how best to maybe move up to the next level. You know, what's next for you on your healing journey? The answers to those questions can be found in knowing more about the level that you're at. So what are these levels that I'm talking about on the map of consciousness? Well, basically, the scale goes from naught to a thousand, where one is a sign of consciousness, so being alive, and a thousand at the very top of the map indicates the highest level that has ever graced the planet. So this is the energy of Christ, of Buddha, of Krishna. And at the lower level, you've got shame, which is at 20. And this is very close to death. Now, the critical point on this chart is the level of 200. Between 20 and 200, you have the lower frequency emotions, the things like fear, 
anger, shame, guilt, pride. These are all things that are energy sapping and they can really pull you down. So when you feel stuck in your anxiety, when you feel that you're, you can't move forward because you feel heavy, this is why you're feeling heavy because there's a downward pressure by these frequencies that really do keep you stuck. And it can mean that this is why it can feel so hard when we are wrestling with anxiety or depression to kind of get out of the, the pull, this kind of heavy pull of these low energy emotions. But when we hit 200, we hit the level of courage. And this is a really important point to get to because the minute you're in courage, you're now in, this, in the realm of power where there is an, an upward lift going on compared to this downward heaviness that was going on below 200. So once you're at the level of courage, you now find this, this courage to now tackle your anxieties and your fears in the way that maybe were, was lacking before. And this courage also gives you energy because now there's energy coming in. You have this power within you to move forward in a way that wasn't there before. You have this downward pressure holding you back below 200. But at courage, things really start shifting and you'll find, you find it much more easy to deal with what you're dealing with. You have the courage, basically. You have this courage and this sense of, yeah, I can do this. Okay, I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to, you know, you have this courage about you that is severely lacking at any lower level. And this 200 point is really quite important because it's this point of self-efficacy as well, where you feel that if I put effort into something, then I do believe I can bring about a change. That's what self-efficacy is, this belief, this self-belief that you are in control of any changes that you can put in, which when it comes to healing is really important. You know, if you believe that, well, I'm going to do what I can to clear my fears, I'm going to do what I can to clear my anxieties, and, and actually I can have an impact there, actually I can make a difference, that can power you forward in doing that kind of work. Now, in terms of the balls I was telling you about before, the level of 200 is where the bouncy ball starts. And that makes sense, doesn't it? The bouncy ball's got bounce, it goes up, it can go up, and it just feels more joyful and pleasant to be around. And that's why we kind of seek out people over 200. People, We want to be with people over 200 because people below 200 have a heaviness about them that just feels a bit depressing at times and a bit like we just don't want to be brought down by people like that. And that, that's reflected in the language that we use around these kind of things. People say, oh, she just brings me down. Well, that's because they've got this energy that is a downward energy. Whereas, you know, people that lift you are, have got this upward energy that is signified by levels above 200. So, I mean, I'm not going to dive more into that scale because there's a lot more to it. But I've got a chart on this blog post I'm going to share with you where you can see all the different levels. And so you have courage at 200, according to Dr. David Hawkins. And then at 250, you hit neutrality. At 310, you hit willingness. At 350, you hit acceptance. 400 is reason. And then you've got joy and love over 500, peace at 600, enlightenment at 700. So that's, you know, then obviously over 700, you've got, you know, who's going to kind of go beyond enlightenment. That's, so my personal head trash chart stops at peace because I, I just want you to achieve inner peace. That's, that's kind of where I'd like to help you to get to. And if you can get there, then my job is done, right? So understanding all these different levels can be really interesting. And certainly like, if you are doing the inner change work and the healing work, 
noticing how you feel and how different that feels when you hit like the level of neutrality, for example. So I'm working with somebody at the moment and she just flipped over into neutrality just this week. And it was really interesting because when we got on the call, I said to her, how are you feeling this week? She, she opened up the first thing she said was, well, I don't know, I just feel a lot more neutral about things. And I was like, oh my goodness, I bet she's in neutrality right now. Yes, that was me clapping, by the way. And sure enough, she was at 253, neutrality kicks in at 250. And when I started talking more about what else neutrality looks like and what it feels like, she's like, oh my God, that's totally where I'm at. That's totally where I'm at. And it just really helped her to understand a lot more about her current state of consciousness, which was new for her because she just spent, you know, she's been wrestling under 200s for a long time. She's only, you know, even just two months ago, she was at 170. So she's made an enormous shift in a very, very short space of time. And that can mean that we're not quite sure how to navigate these new levels of consciousness, right? So having an understanding of what what life is like at that level, level can really help you to master it, better manage it, find a way to continue your journey, right? So let me just share with you how I've been using this in my own life, because I think maybe some of you might feel inspired by what I've shared with you today, and you're maybe itching to like, oh, how can I do this? What can I use this for? Da, 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 which is what I was like. <laughs> so the first thing I was really interested in knowing was how my own level of consciousness had changed over time. And, you know, when did it go up? And when did it go down? And could I observe a correlation between the things that I was doing and my level of consciousness? Like what made it go up? And what made it go down? And was there a link between maybe things that had happened in my life and my level of consciousness? Like, you know, when I lost my mum very suddenly to cancer, did that have an impact to in my level of consciousness? When I did some healing work, did that have an impact? And so this is, I was very interested in all of these questions. And so what I decided to do was I decided to take certain moments in time where in my life, where I knew that, oh, well, that's when this happened. And then this is when I started, this is when I went on that healing retreat. This is when I started doing, um, went by, when I went to a Tony Robbins event. This is when I went to, this is when I read Eckhart Tolle's book, The New Earth. This is when I did, you know, when I, I, I picked out various things that I had done as part of my personal development journey to see whether or not they had moved my needle. Had they done anything in terms of my level of consciousness? Because let's, let's be honest here, the level of consciousness is really an, a, a solid indication of where you're at in terms of your emotional well-being and your mental fitness. And there is no other way, as far as I can tell, and I have been looking to measure this. And I've been testing this over the last year to 18 months and seeing, you know, looking at this with my clients. And this is absolutely where I've got to with this. This is a really good way to tell how your personal healing and personal development journey is going. And so that's what I did. I took readings of various points in my life. And it was very, very interesting, like really interesting. And because I'm a business person in my background, I love numbers. I've already shared that with you. And I also love graphs and charts. <laughs> you know, when you sit on a board and you have to keep presenting the sales figures to the board, uh, they like charts and they like to see upward arrows. And so I like upward arrows and I also like charts. And now I found a new way of measuring this work that I'm doing now, which I can now do upward arrows and charts with. So that's what I've done. And I decided I would take a certain episode in my life where there was a lot of, let's say, crap going on and a lot of healing going on. And I was wrestling with some significant stuff. And what was very interesting was 
what that graph looks like. Yes, there's a graph I can share with you. Yes, it's on the blog post that I'm going to share with you so that you can have a look at what I mean. But this episode that I decided to dive into of my life was my own pregnancy journey. And so for those of you that may not be familiar with my pregnancy journey, when I first found out I was pregnant, I was a business coach, and I didn't know that I had tocophobia, which is the extreme fear of pregnancy and birth. So upon finding that I had a positive pregnancy test, my level of consciousness took a dive because suddenly I was in the pit of despair and I was confronted with severe fear and phobia. So not a good place. And so I dived. And you can see that on my chart, it went downward. Then I lost the baby quite quickly. So at seven weeks, the minute I lost the baby, my consciousness bounced back up because suddenly I felt relief at a miscarriage, which for most normal women, that's not normal, right? That, and this is what clued me in, that I, there was something going on, that I had something. I didn't know that it was tocophobia at the time, but it clued me into that. But I can see from my level of consciousness that it bounced back up after I had the miscarriage. So now I wasn't faced with the threat of this situation, this pregnancy situation, which was triggering my phobia. Now I was in a better place again. Then I pursued, I decided I clearly had some, I was a hot mess, right, (laughs) for for feeling that way. So I decided to address the anxiety and depression that I was in at the time. And then I could, then I went on a, you know, six month healing journey where I had people to support me on that journey. And you can see the shift that I made in my consciousness. And a year later, I fell pregnant again. Now, what's interesting is that when I found out that I was pregnant, once again, I was looking at a pregnancy test. So exactly the same thing happened a year apart. Now, in that time frame, I went from below 200, I think I was in the realms of 170, to above 200. I think I was at 205 or something. And so the same event happened, me knowing I'm pregnant. And I responded very, very differently to that situation. So the first time I responded, I fell into a pit of despair. That's the only way I can describe it, which is very much this downward pressure, these low frequency emotions that keep you stuck. But once I found out I was pregnant a year later, I was in courage. And so this time I was like, well, I'm still terrified of this. And I'm still like, this is a nightmare, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to face it. I had the courage to face the situation. Then I pursued a lot of healing. This is where I developed my DIY healing method. And I healed my phobia in my second trimester. And I was able to shift my consciousness from 200 to 300 the time of the birth of my baby. And so when I was at that, I was at, it was at 300 that I decided to change my birth plan from a C-section to a home birth. And I was at willingness. So now I was at willingness. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. Yeah, I can do this. I am willing to give this home birth a go. And that's what I did. And so I this this level that I was now at was reflected in how I was interacting with the world, how I was perceiving the challenges that I was facing and how I handled it. And so I'm just sharing that very quick example with you to show you that when you do look back, you can look back at points in your life to see what has worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, but also it can give you some some insight into how you're handling things that are going on for you right now and how Maybe you might handle them differently if you were if you were at a different level of consciousness. Because when you do shift your consciousness, you do look at things differently. You perceive things differently. You're at a different level. So you have a different view on the world. And this is how understanding this tool a little bit in more depth can really help you and power you on on your healing journey. 
So if you're wrestling with fears, if you're wrestling with anxieties, using this tool can really help to track you on the progress that you're making. And, you know, if you're going to see a therapist, if, you know, if you're whatever it is you're doing, then take readings on anything that you're doing so that you can tell whether it's working for you. And if it isn't, stop, right? Stop and then go and find something else and then measure that. Because I really want you to bring about positive transformation in your life where you can really, really start to fly and be happy. So having a way to measure that, I think is crucial. If you'd like to find out more about the information that I shared in this episode, and more specifically the charts that I was talking about, then head over to the Fear Free Childbirth site and look for the blog entitled How My Consciousness Changed During My Pregnancy Journey. And everything is in there. And if you'd like to find out whether you're a conker, a glitter pool, or a washing bowl, then I will also be including links to that quiz in that blog post. So that blog post is going to be super fascinating for those who are interested. Okay, until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond. With fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mamaship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.